0: Coming up next on the Cultural Connections Podcast, bringing joy, hope, and cheer to pediatric patients at the Jimmy Fund Clinic. We'll be joined by Lisa Sherber, Director of Family and Patient Programs at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute's Jimmy Fund Clinic, Boston, Massachusetts. This episode is being recorded live on Friday, December 10th, 2021. This is the Cultural Connections Podcast.
1: And hello, everybody. My name is Brian Ives, and I am the producer and host of the Cultural Connections podcast. Before I introduce our guest today, I want to remind all of our viewers that we are recording this episode live to Facebook right now. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, we are not live on Twitter and YouTube, but this episode will uh, end up there for our viewers to see following the initial broadcast, having some technical difficulties during this broadcast. But we are live on Friday, December 10th, 2021. And if that means if you have a question for our guests that you would like answered during the podcast today, comment below on Facebook, which is what we're monitoring, and we will gladly answer your get your questions answered for you. Uh, but now further on to our show for the so before I introduce our guest there too, I want to mention that now for the entire month of December our our topic on cultural connections will be giving back to the Community and. The entire month we're going to be focusing on different organizations this month we're going to be focusing on the Jimmy fund clinic at the Dana Farber cancer Institute in Boston Massachusetts. And joining me as our guest today is Lisa Sherber. Lisa is the director of family and patient patient and family programs at the Dana Farber Cancer Hospital. Uh, and I thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me today.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you again. Well, I'm going to begin as I do with every single episode with you to give us a little. If you wouldn't mind, give our viewers a little bit, of bit about your background and tell us a little bit about you before we dive deep into the uh, deep little bit further.
2: All right. sounds good. So I have been at the Jimmy Fund Clinic at Dana Farber Cancer Institute for thirty years. Um, when I started here, I was uh, I started as a volunteer. I volunteered Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it was not sort of my my sort of career path I had chosen. And uh, when I fell in love with it, as soon as I walked into the doors, I knew this was where I was supposed to be. So I went back to school to get my master's in psychology. And I was fortunate enough that my supervisor left her maternity leave, and she brought me in to replace her. And then she never came back. So it just kind of happened. You know, over 30 years ago, I was sort of plopped into this, um, this amazing, this amazing place where for 30 years, um, I've just been touched by the most beautiful families. And it's really changed my life. And, and I hope that in a small part, I've changed other lives that have come through the doors.
1: Well, that's incredible. Uh, th- that said, can you tell us then a little bit about the Jimmy Fund? What is the Jimmy Fund for those of our, or those are tuning in that don't entirely know what the Jimmy Fund is?
2: Yeah, so I'm in the Jimmy Fund Clinic, which is the pediatric side of Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. The Jimmy Fund itself is sort of the fundraising arm of the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. So all of the programs that, that I'm responsible for, my team, my staff, all of that is funded by philanthropy, funded by donors that really understand that what we do is critical and sort of a part of these, these children's lives. And so um, the Jimmy Fund helps us you know, provide the funding to sort of do the work that we do.
1: Fantastic. It's incredible. And that said, can you tell us then a little bit about some of the we're going to get into the holidays in just a minute. That's part of your programming. But tell us about some of the programs that you do in the clinic for these children to make it feel special for them.
2: Sure. Um, I have a great team of uh, eight team members and everyone has different roles. We have from music therapy to child life specialists to educational specialists as well to sort of provide um, education and support to our patients and families to learn more about their cancer, to learn more about opportunities there are for camps and different things like that. Our child life specialists are really critical with providing uh, emotional support along with procedural support to help with the nursing when um, our patients are having their ports access, they're having difficult procedures where they need distraction. So that's where my team really shines with that. Um, We also do the arts and crafts and the play during the day because, you know, we treat kids from all over the world. And so one thing with play is it really, um, it's one language, you know. So if we're dealing with a patient, you know, from a different country that does not speak English play works for all. And so I think we're able to really communicate with all of our, our patients and families doing that. And, and I think, you know, the Jimmy Fund clinic over, you know, when I first started here, it was really just things that happened in clinic. And so patient, excuse me, patients and families said, you know, we really wish we could sort of see other families outside of clinic, you know, you walk into clinic and it's the same thing. It's sort of your child was getting treated. And, and so the summer festival was sort of born 29 years ago. And it's a, a giant festival for over 3,000 people now. And so the, what makes that so magical is it's if you've ever been treated at the Jimmy Fun Clinic, you get an invitation as long as you keep your yearly appointments. And so the point of that is, you know, when you're there at the festival, your child could have just been diagnosed two months ago. And you're going through this journey and you feel so scared and you have no idea of how you're going to get through this. And in front of you is someone who was treated 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And sometimes they bring their children. Um, so I think it's it's events like that that really define what the Jimmy Fund Clinic is about. You know, I think every hospital does the inpatient sort of, you know, work, the play and the distraction and that kind of stuff. And I think where we really shine is our outside programming so things like the summer festival things that we do with the Boston Red Sox and taking our kids to spring training and and doing a, a giant winter festival outside of clinic and that's so those things are so important and in, in sort of the emotional well-being of our families and our staff as well
1: absolutely definitely and it, it it's, it's incredible the amount of work that's done uh, that said, you just mentioned another thing, too, which is with the uh, we're fortunate to have amazing and winning sport. But for the most part, winning uh, uh, sports teams in the Boston area with the Boston Red Sox, the Boston Celtics, the Boston Bruins, the New England Patriots, all of them, which is incredible, I have seen to have a huge role into the Jimmy Fund Clinic. Can you talk a little bit more about what? uh, these, what our sports teams and how much of an impact our sports teams in Boston have on the Jimmy fund clinic.
2: Yes. I think it's, you know, it's really amazing. Of course, our number one is, is the Boston Red Sox and they're sort of, you know, our partner is where our kids are able to sort of, you know, go to those games. They're able to sort of do the teen events and the players and the, you know, the owners of the Red Sox are just so amazing to our families, and we really feel like Fenway Park has become our home away from home, which is which is really important because it's right down the street from us, and it's one of those things where, you know, we also count on donors sort of sending tickets for our kids to attend games with their families, and And it's, you know, there's really nothing better than going to a baseball game to sort of just get your mind off of treatment and feel like, you know, you're not going through the worst time of your life if you can just take three hours out of it and, and just focus on what's happening on the field. And, and I think, you know, we're lucky with all of our sports teams, you know, the Bruins do. A lot of things with us, with they're doing some virtual events for us during COVID, which has been a lot of fun to see the players, you know, really kind of just have a blast, and the our patients are watching them and, and sort of enjoying every second of it. So, I mean, I think we're just really fortunate with our teams and and what sports brings to sort of the healing of our our patients and families.
1: Absolutely, no, that that's absolutely wonderful. Um, th- that said, let's talk a little bit more. Um, about how, how people, I'm going to bring this up a couple of times to remind people, but let me just quickly also quickly say to remind people here watching that we are live here on Cultural Connections Podcast. It's Friday, December 10th, and we are joined by Lisa Sherbert, Director of Family and Patient, uh, Patient and Family Programs at the Data Farber Cancer Institute's Jimmy Fund Clinic in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, let's get into how. How do I mean, because obviously you keep mentioning, you've mentioned a couple of times now that you that all of the programming that basically you do is philanthropic through people making donations for people that would like to get involved in making a donation. How how can they easily go about doing that?
2: Well, I think, you know, there's there's many different ways to do it. I think if you went on. You know Facebook or Twitter, the Dana-Farber has you know lots of ways to sort of make it easy clicking on a link and sort of supporting what you like. Um, We also have a lot of uh, supporters directly send their their gifts here to the clinic for us to sort of put right towards. um, Our families and their activities and different things like that, so I mean there's lots of different ways that people if they're interested, they can sort of find how they would like their money to be used.
1: That's great. And we're going to obviously I'm going to we're going to be reiterating that again towards the end of this podcast before we end today. But I want to talk next. One of I think the big things that I've had the opportunity to before pandemic, that is uh, to drop off some uh, uh, some toys to the clinic at the uh, d- during the holiday season. What how do you make obviously this time of year? And this is what are the big focus on this episode today is. How do you make things special this time of year for patients at the Jimmy Fun Clinic? Yeah, or?
2: definitely. I mean, you know, Christmas time, the holiday time, whatever you you celebrate, we, it's really a hard time to have someone, a child who's sick during this time. Um, it, even harder than than any other day. And so we try to sort of make this, when you walk in, you feel like this is a magical place. So today we are this afternoon, we are decorating the entire clinic to sort of celebrate two weeks of Winter Wonderland. And so we have things like candy cane lane, we have gingerbread house area, you know. So every part of the clinic from the infusion rooms to the private rooms to the play areas to our resource room is decorated in a different way. And um, and I think that just makes it it just makes it feel joyful, and I think that's really important that sometimes when you, you walk through the doors of the Jimmy Fun Clinic. You, you feel like, okay, this this is something different than a medical facility, which is really important for our children. You know, when kids come in here, we don't want them to think right away when they walk through the doors, I have to have my port access or I have to have a shot or my chemo. Or we want them to think like, oh my gosh, look at the penguin, look at this, and and really be taken away into sort of a magical, a magical time. And so this place will be filled with crazy balloons. Um, wall decals everything that sort of brings the joy and magic of the holidays and so we'll be busy little elves this afternoon sort of transforming the clinic so when kids walk in uh, tomorrow morning they'll see a whole a whole different clinic and and it's also enough we have to understand is we don't want to bombard families with decorations we also want to make it you know you never know what's happening in a in a patient's life you know they really could be going through the worst time of their treatment and you know you don't want a balloon coming at you so we really make it where it's it's filled with joy but also enough where you come in and you you feel um content and you feel safe you know so i think it's really an important mixture and so we'll have two weeks of you know cookies with all the themes and from ugly sweater day to pajama day to all these different things green brinch day and every day is a different theme and so the patients and families they know what day they come in and so they will dress appropriately and so the staff as well so the nurses the doctors and and I think a lot of th- times when we do things like this is just as beneficial for our staff. You know, this is a very difficult place to be every day. And, you know, when you come in and you can dress like Green Grinch Day and you walk around, and you see all the other staff looking very similar and it's fun. And it's sort of it brings it brings us joy as well. And it kind of keeps us us yes. going.
1: Of course, definitely. Well, again, I just want to quickly win one more time, remind all of our viewers that we are live on the Cultural Connections podcast. It is Friday, December 10th, 2021. We are talking about giving back to the community during the holidays specifically, and we're joined by Lisa Sherber, Director of Patient and Family Programs at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, Massachusetts. Let's talk about the because you mentioned at the beginning that you've been with the Dana with the Jimmy Fund Clinic now doing in different from a volunteer to being in your position today for in over thirty years. How has things cha- changed in the way uh, programming is that the, the way you uh, you do the, the, the programming basically you're in a programming aspect. How has it changed over the last thirty years? And wh- how do you expect? What do you? What do you? Ex- how do you expect things that are going to change in the years to come?
2: Well, I, I mean, I think in thirty years it, it's not recognizable, you know. And I think when I started here, if I ever possibly thought I was going to create an entire program um, with a, a staff and and the programs that we do, never in a million years could I have possibly envision what's happened now. Um, I think it's amazing. I think 30 years ago, um, you know, I was able to sit at the play table and we did arts and crafts and and that was kind of what we did. And you know what? And I know from those kids still coming in for their long-term appointments for them, that was, they loved it. And they remember every little part of their, of their treatment. And so now though, I mean, we have events for 3000 people. We have events for 800. We do, you know, we take, 50 on treatment kids, teenagers to spring training Florida to see the Red Sox play. I mean, that's something that it's just, it's not even imaginable of of how this has grown, you know? And I think every program that I've, you know, started really became the thought of it was from a patient or their family. Really, none of these are my, you know, kind of ideas because it took like you know, parents to sort of say, oh, I wish we had a place to sort of see people outside of clinic. And it's like, oh, maybe we can have a party. And that became the summer festival for 3000. And, you know, for for Christmas time with Santa coming in here, we used to have it before I started, it used to be in our cafeteria and people were like, well, we kind of want to get out of here. And so that became the winter festival at the Newton Marriott, and that was 800 people that would come to that and so those all those kinds of things are just growing every year and I really expect it um, to keep to keep growing which is really amazing Um, the teen trips are probably um, the most special because that was brought about by one of our amazing teenagers Todd Schwartz who um, over 20 years ago he had let me know that you know we got to do more for the teens there's not enough happening and um you know i'm doing it all wrong and he was just great he was probably you know just this this light that that sort of shined really bright um and he loved the red Sox. and so he was the one who told me that i need to take kids away you know not just to the movies and not but you know take them away to a red Sox game and and i was like i can't do that you guys are on treatment and how are we going to do something like that and and he goes oh no i know you can do this and um and so he knew you know what that he was not going to survive he passed away a few months after that big conversation and at that point i knew that we needed to move on this and he had something that was going to become sort of this magical part of our clinic and you know the first trip that we took his sisters came and his his buddies came to volunteer his doctor dr walensky came as a volunteer um, and we had, you know a very small group. We had like 15 teenagers, and, and nobody was on um, any kinds of meds that would be really difficult to take away. We made sure that they were doing well within their treatment. And now, you know, 20 years later, we take kids that are end of life. We take kids that are so medically compromised. We have a team of like eight to 10 doctors that come with us, 10 nurses that come along and kids are getting, teenagers are getting their treatments while they're, you know, enjoying the sun in Florida. And, And that, those are things that just never would have happened if I didn't listen to our patients and I didn't listen to the parents and really understand that these kids and these families deserve so much more. And, and we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to continue to sort of create experiences for them, no matter how, things turn out with their treatment. And, you know, we want them to be able to look back and sort of see that there were pockets of joy that happened during this really incredibly difficult time.
1: Absolutely, definitely. Now, you mentioned, we obviously just mentioned everything. A few minutes ago, we talked about the, the Christmas holidays and all of that stuff, but there are other holidays, obviously, and everything like that throughout the year. How do you make it? I mean, obviously, throughout the year, when different holidays come up, like Valentine's Day, Halloween, all those type of things. How do you make it special for those type of events? What type of things do you do for those type of holidays?
2: Sure. I mean, for Halloween, it's really kind of sweet because all the kids will come in costume. The, the clinic, all dress in costumes. We have a theme every year. And, um, and then we take the kids trick or treating around the entire building. Um, which is really fun. So it's in between their treatments, you know, so we take off, we go up to our 16th floor, which is where, you know, our president, the executive offices are. um, And we provide the candy for everybody. So when we arrive, they've got big bags of candy, they fill up, and we just go down the elevator. um, And we trick or treat all throughout the building, which is really just so amazing you know, and we can take like 50, 50 kids and their their family. So it takes us a while to get back to the clinic. and um, But it's so worth it. And it's sort of, you know, these kids aren't able to really trick or treat when their friends are trick or treating. So for them to have the opportunity to sort of just have that moment of being able to say trick or treat, it sounds so silly, but Thanks. it's just normalcy. And that's what we want to provide for our kids. And um, St. Patrick's Day, Valentine's Day, all of those things. The clinic is is decorated to sort of, you know, respond to each of those holidays. And, you know, we love our helium balloons here. So every time there's a holiday, there's a, a you know, tons of helium balloons that sort of float around and, um, and make it feel festive. And, and we love to do sort of the food to sort of match that and Mother's Day, we're able to sort of celebrate our moms and and Dad's Day, we celebrate the dads and whether it's with arts and crafts or flowers for the moms, we just come up with different ways to sort of make every holiday, big or small, feel special.
1: Absolutely. Now, obviously that's that's holiday speaking, but just on a regular basis, if it's not like like we have a whole period between like let's say we're after Christmas to February, which is when Valentine's Day is... Do you make it special in between the holidays when there isn't what type Oh, yeah. Of-
2: we'll create our own holidays. I mean, we'll have pig party, we'll have, you know, a theme day, we'll do, you know, anything there is to sort of keep it special. You know, I mean, very rarely would you walk into clinic and there's not something happening where it's, it's some type of a smaller theme where kids can walk into the playroom and they see that we're making... You know, a really cool craft to do we have zoo week where every day it's a different zoo animal and so kids are getting like the little beanie babies of that animal they're getting they're making crafts to sort of celebrate that so I mean we really we take those well known holidays and we do it up and then if we have nothing we make up a holiday. Or you know, we just do something where kids are always you know, entertained in whatever way they wanna be entertained. You know, and obviously for our teens, it's a different thing. We have an adolescent specialist that works directly with our teenagers to provide sort of those arts and crafts that are a little bit complicated and older for them and they feel not like little kids and, and different things like that where we're really receptive to sort of listening to our patients and families and see you know, what kinds of things that they need to get them through this.
1: That's that's just wonderful. And I'm going to, again, as we reach towards the end here, I, I want you to one more time remind our for people that may have just been tuning in. And as a reminder, this is the Cultural Connections podcast. We're live on Friday, December 10th, 2021, chatting with uh, Lisa Sherbert, Director of Family Patient and Family Programs at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, Boston, Massachusetts. And we've been talking all about the holidays. We've been talking about giving back to your community, and that's our main focus of this episode so can you remind one more time our viewers on if they want to make a donation how they can get and, and how to how the there are the possible ways of doing that uh to the yeah, can-
2: yeah they can sort of go on the dana farber website dana farber cancer institute website um and there are lots of different ways to sort of either you know volunteer at different events things like that or just donate onto a link funds um you could also if you want the funds to be directed to the the patients and families here at the Jimmy Fund Clinic, they can always you know connect with me. People send their their checks here as well to the clinic, you know, directed to me. That that's always a great way to do it as well. Um, we have an Amazon toy drive just for we started it up during the holidays, since we can't during with COVID we can't have people coming in and right. bringing presents. Um, and so we started the Amazon. Uh, Toy drive and it has been incredibly successful. Where you know you're able to just really go on that and and click on whatever toys that we've selected for our patients and families. And and I'm telling you, our mailroom guys are are loving it because they're bringing up like boxes and boxes of of Amazon for us, and it's filled with everything that we we you know complete our toy closet with. We have a giant toy closet for kids you know, obviously throughout the holidays and also for really tough days, for birthdays, for end of treatment days, you know, we always provide, you know, a small, a small gift to our patient to sort of help celebrate. And so that's been really, really huge.
1: That's, that's amazing. And uh, just to quickly say, if people want, how can people, if they want to go, um, you do utilize that Amazon service, how can they go about doing that? Where would they find that?
2: Yeah. So we actually um, tweeted it out as well. So I think the Jimmy fund tweeted it out. So if they're on Twitter, they can look at that. It might've also been posted on Facebook. They can, they can look at that as well. Um, and so there's a link there that you just click on the link and it brings you right to it.
1: Great. And we'll try to locate that link and uh, share that as well here on our social media platforms for those tuning in here on the podcast but i I can't believe that we've a half an hour like this has already gone by. I feel like you snap your fingers and a half an hour's already gone by, and we've already reached the conclusion of our podcast today. and I, I want to thank you again, Lisa, for taking the time to uh, to enlighten all of our listeners and our viewers. About such a worthy, worthy, worthy clinic, a worthy organization, for that matter, and how much you guys do on—it's commendable on how much you guys do on a regular basis for these patients and and the rewardingness that they must feel from all of your hard work that you guys put into this on a regular basis. But again, thank you for uh, taking the time to join me. I want to. Absolutely. And again, one more time, I want to remind our viewers that all month long in December, we will be focusing on different organizations that are charitable organizations that are making a difference out there. So if you have a charitable organization that you know of that you would like to suggest please feel free to contact me directly at Ives at gmail.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-I-V-E-S at gmail.com. And tell me about the charitable organization. And we may just feature it and spotlight it right here on the Cultural Connections podcast. And in general, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, you may also email me those questions, comments, or suggestions as well to Ives at gmail.com. So thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of the Cultural Connections Podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next time. My name is Brian Ives, and I'm the producer and host of the Cultural Connections Podcast. Thanks for watching.
0: Thank you again for watching this episode of the Cultural Connections Podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch this episode again in its entirety on our YouTube channel. This podcast is also available on listening platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Radio Public, and New TV. Thanks again for watching this episode of The Cultural Connections Podcast.